And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer right here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf, and joining me in the studio today is the Reverend Mark Diedrich. Good to be here, Dan. And tied with us remote on the telephone today is Dr. John Vance. Hello, everyone. Well, gentlemen, it's nice to have you here in the studio and on the phone. It's a real pleasure for me personally, I might say, to meet with you guys and discuss the Christian faith and how it applies to various avenues of life. Today we have a really, really interesting subject, and it's about sin. You know, that little three-letter word, and yet it is so very large. Um, I remember in my studies years ago, um, we would have a definition of sin, and it would kind of use older, archaic language, and it would go something like, sin is the want of conformity unto or transgression of the law of God. So that was like in a very crisp package as to what sin is. And I'm sure we'll, we'll peel the onion, as it were, here today. But the, the question is this. Um, you know, we've all had uh, children here in this room and on the telephone. Um, we're all fathers, and we've seen these little ones come into the world. And, uh, boy, we just, we just love these precious little ones. And it's... Uh, at times, it can be almost shocking to consider um, what uh, we believe that the Bible is saying about the, the the nature of humankind as it comes into this world, and it's something that um, the theologians call original sin, and so that's the subject today, original sin. What is it? What does it mean? And what are some of the implications and, and all of that? So I'm just wondering uh, who would like to get us started on that subject. How about maybe first, uh, John Vance? Well, I'll start by making a distinction between original sin and what, uh, in, at least in, uh, in uh, some Protestant traditions, they call uh, total depravity. Those terms sometimes get confused. Original sin is referring uh, to the fall of Adam and Eve and the effects that that fall had on all subsequent generations. Uh, Total depravity, uh, of course, does not mean that a person is totally no good, but it means that in that fall, every faculty, all aspects of the human being were affected by uh, original sin, so that our reasoning Mm -hmm. is not as good as it should be, our wills are not what it should be, and even our bodies die. So, uh, that That is the depravity of human nature or its privation. We lost something uh, in the original sin, and that is, of course, original righteousness, and, and we are, as they say, in a state of sin. Yeah, that's uh, an important distinction, although, as, as you pointed out, they're very much related, and that's mm-hmm. where we get the original sin, of course, came from Adam. That was the original sin, Adam and Eve. And because of their being in covenant with God as representatives of the entire human race, their sin spread on to the entire human race. And therefore, when we are conceived, as it says in Psalm 51, uh, in sin my mother conceived me, mm-hmm. we have sin uh, present with us from the time of conception. Yeah, that's important distinction. Is not that uh, David's mother sinned in conceiving him. That's a blessed event. Yeah, but yeah. from the very point of his conception, 
he says, I was a sinner. Mm-hmm. The classical text for original sin, though, is in Romans chapter 5. Right. I think almost everyone uh, who, who teaches and preaches the scriptures would know this passage pretty much by heart. Yeah. And it's, therefore, just as sin entered into the world through one man, and death through sin, and in this way, death came to all, because all have sinned, meaning that we have uh, sinned, or was represented, uh, and sinned in Adam, and his his sin was imputed to us. And the old uh, Puritan phrase with the learning of the alphabet was... A, in Adam's fall, we sinned all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's right. Well, this is quite a concept, really. Um, you know, as we walk around the streets of wherever you live, whether Kingston or New Paltz or what have you, um, I'm not so sure that people would agree with this notion of original sin. Now, mind you, I do, but I'm just trying to put myself in the shoes of other folks. And uh, this is quite a quite a concept, isn't it, that here are our parents, Adam and Eve, and um, originally they um, they did have righteousness at the very beginning, mm-hmm. and yet something happens and they fall, and so they they then sin, and they lose their, their communion with God is affected as well. Yes, they they did lose their their perfect communion with God and became imperfect. They had some communion and contact. Mm-hmm. God came to them, yeah. But but the real loss of their communion is demonstrated in that they tried to flee. Yeah, yeah. and uh, that is the natural state of the person who is in their sins or have been turned in upon themselves. They no longer are God-centered, but they are self-centered. Yeah. And a, that is the problem. And a profound change in relationship at that point mm-hmm. uh, of, of the original sin. So there's a, there's a way that things work in this world, I guess I would put it, as, a, as an engineer type of a guy. Um, this is how it works. Um, uh, Adam and Eve created. They're created in a state of perfection. Uh, they sin against God. But then a transaction, as it were, takes place, and their guilt gets passed on. I guess we could say this is a covenantal thing here. Guilt and corruption. Yeah. Yeah. Gets passed on. Um, Actually, the whole creation is affected as well with this original sin. Romans 8. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about that a little bit more after the break. But what I'm trying to get at here is that... Is it fair... I guess that's what I'm trying to get at. That's what the average person would say today. Is it fair? This is not just. Yeah, let's talk about that after the break. Today you're listening to A Plain Answer right here at Redeemer Broadcasting. We're talking about original sin. Stay with us. We'll be right back.
We'll be right back with our program in just a minute. Now a reminder that your gifts to this ministry enable us to bring you thoughtful, Christ-centered programming 24 hours a day. Would you prayerfully consider helping us with a tax-deductible gift this month? Redeemer Broadcasting is a 501c3 not-for-profit broadcast ministry. We're entirely listener-supported and have no advertisements. If you would like to help support us this month, and perhaps in the future, our mailing address is Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Once again, Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Stay with us now for the second half of our program. And welcome back. You're tuned to A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Almendorf in the studio with me today, the Reverend Mark Diedrich on the phone, Dr. John Vance. Today we're talking about original sin and what the Bible has to say about it. Before the break, we just started down the path of uh, talking about, is it fair? Uh, This is the question that people have. Uh, Is it fair that we have uh, something called original sin? That's a good question. Is it fair? But is it the right question? That's that's the big uh, uh, yeah. problem. Um, in one sense, when you're dealing with an almighty, holy God who is the creator of all things, um, of course it's fair. He can do what he wants, right? Mm-hmm. But in another sense, I think it's the wrong question in the sense of, you know, we should be looking at what is the real problem and how to deal with the mm-hmm. problem. There, there's a hypothetical that someone raised that helped uh, me understand this at one time when I was struggling with it. Yes, why, why would we be uh, affected by and uh, responsible for the sin of our first parents? And uh, someone said, well, look at it this way. God, when he created the human race, uh, and he was going to give a test to see whether the human beings would love me or not freely... Uh, he chose the best among us. Mm-hmm. And if they would fall, then, of course, everyone, in fact, would fall mm-hmm. because he chose the very best. It would yeah. be like having yeah. the world sprint champion uh, to represent us at the Olympics. Now, we, we couldn't do much running a 100-meter mm-hmm. run. We'd probably run it in 20 seconds. But they can mm-hmm. run it in 10. Mm-hmm. And so God chose the most perfect among us to do this, and he still sinned. And so, therefore, in a real sense, uh, it is fair, because we are in Adam, aren't we? It's quite clear that we are, are related genetically, uh, but the reason that, that sin was passed on in this way was not so much because it's passed on through inheritance, though it seems to be associated with that, mm-hmm. but it was God's judgment. Yes. It yeah. was a judgment from God, uh, and so, therefore, we stand under... Uh, if you will, the judgment of God, and we need to be redeemed from it. And if you don't accept that part of it, it'd be very difficult to accept the part that Christ died for us representatively. 
well, that's and a good point. to his own cross. That's a great point. Um, that That's the other side of the coin, isn't it? That uh, Jesus Christ died for us representatively. It's not that he had to uh, die over and over and over again for each person that that would become a Christian. Uh, that's important to, to understand, that, that salvation that Christ earned on the cross is good for his posterity as well. But even getting back to that, I think one of the things all we have to do is just look at the nature of human beings, and that is that, you know, we definitely are all sinners. Mm-hmm. We will sin. Now, the reason we sin, we don't become sinners the first time we sin. We're already sinners. You know, just like the yeah. pear tree doesn't become a pear tree the first time it produces a pear. Uh, it right. is a pear tree. But it will produce pears. It won't produce cherries. It will produce pears. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what happens with us. We are sinners, therefore we will sin, mm-hmm. and we do. You yeah. know, I heard a country preacher once say, Mark, it wasn't a pear in the tree. It was a pear, <laughs> a pear on, on the ground, ground. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it was that pear. Yeah, yeah, yeah that pear. Yeah. That's a good point. Uh, you know, something is profoundly wrong in the human race. How do you account for it? And yeah. And when you begin to ask that question... Uh, well, this boy, not many days ago, uh, shot some in his high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you account for that? Right. And and if I were to really get profound about this, how do you account for the Holocaust? How do you account sure. for Paul Pot? How do you account for these things? Yeah. Something is profoundly wrong in the human race, and it had an origin in the beginning. Yeah. And, and so that's the human depravity, but it's comes from somewhere, yeah. and the Scripture's clear that it comes uh, uh, from uh, our first parents. Yeah, That's right. It does. It comes from our first parents, and we need to understand how profoundly uh, bad it is, yeah. how profoundly it alienates us from God. You know, I, I dealt with uh, an individual uh, once uh, years ago who was struggling with alcoholism, and his whole thought was, you know, I'll be just fine if I can just keep away from the alcohol. I just have a little problem, and I'm afraid that's that's what our society is. We yes. we feel we've got a little problem. We can solve these little problems without ever dealing with the basic problem, and that's sin. Yeah. When I was a kid, I used to hear Billy Graham uh, preach, and uh, he used a phrase that stuck with me. We are sinners by nature and by practice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So true. And uh, we, we practice sin because of our nature, which we yeah. have received. Uh, we, we live in a fallen world, and we have a fallen human nature. Yeah. Here, if I can elaborate on this, uh, here is the reason I think a lot of people object to original sin. We, we have a very high view of human beings. They are in the image of God. They are fearfully and wonderfully made. And so... Uh, a modern person plays off the sinful aspect against that dignity, and they can't put the two together. But I like Martin Luther's phrase, yes, we are fearfully and wonderfully made, and I don't know of any society that holds human beings as to their dignity uh, any higher than the Christians do. There's not, mm-hmm. a, there's not another religion or philosophy on the face of the earth that holds human beings with such... Uh, reverence and dignity, but at the same time, they can also be sinners. Mark knows this phrase. He was raised Lutheran. Simul uses that peccator. Luther, we are sinner and saints at the same time. 
Yeah. And and that that is borne out. Exactly right. Sinners and saints at the same time through Christ. Mm-hmm. For those who believe, yes. For those who believe, yes. Samuel Eustace, or as, as uh, Dr. R.C. Sproul says, et peccator. <laughs> I, I, I kind of like your pronunciation, John. That's the one I kind of learned. Now, this um, this original sin, or some might call it original corruption, it's a very profound, it has a very profound effect upon our whole being, our whole nature. Um, some commentators would say we're utterly indisposed, we're disabled, we're uh, made opposite to all good, we're completely inclined to all evil and um, transgressions. And so it's, we don't want to gloss over this thing. This is a, this is a major problem in the human race. And um, I think until we admit that it's a major problem, that we are separated from God by our sins, there really is no hope because we don't see a need for a Savior. We don't see a need for the Redeemer of God's elect. Yeah, that's that's really key, Dan, because if you think there's just something a little bit wrong, then then you look for some kind of reformation that you can do yourself. Yeah, yeah. But the Bible tells us clearly we are dead in our trespasses and sins. Yes, dead, uh, hostile toward him, God-haters. That's right, yes, we uh, are. We are egocentric, yeah. turned in upon ourselves. We In the fall, we were turned away from God. That mm-hmm. is the crucial point. And as the Puritans used to say, they get a, a, a uh, have a bad reputation today, but I admire them. They used to say, "We have offended the majesty of God." Yeah. Oh, amen. Yes, that's right. Now, uh, just in passing, before we get to the next point, I just wanted to ask you guys this question, or state it, I guess: um, the difference between human beings falling into sin via Adam and Eve, and us inheriting their guilt, and angels sinning. We know that um, some of the angels sinned, and yet um, there wasn't a, um, I guess you could say, there wasn't a, a curse that carried on to the to the good angels who didn't sin. So there's kind of a difference there. Um, with Adam and Eve, something very unique happens. They're, they're the representatives of of all humankind. Yeah, Second Peter talks about that, and, uh-huh. and it deals with that. And and what happens with the angels that fell is they're condemned. That's it. Yeah, they're condemned. There, there's no redemption. There's no redemption for them. No Isn't means of something? salvation. And so, but with with us, God gave us a means of salvation. Yeah, praise God for that. Yeah. You know, Augustine had a speculation here that I think is a pretty good one: uh, that God created human beings. So that he might replace the fallen angels, uh, <laughs> even to the number, and so the mm. elect. But we went in; uh, we fell. But out of that, he uh, redeems the, the mass of humanity, yeah. and it fills up the number that shall populate heaven, so to speak. So, so is he saying that you know when we die that we become an angel? No, we don't become an angel, but we fill up. I know. We I, are called sons of God in the same well, way. Well, that's right, yeah. But well, I'm just saying, you well, know, Mark, there's some people Mark, think. don't you think that um, John Vance is rather angelic? He is. He is. <laughs> <laughs> just, <laughs> oh, you boy. guys don't know me. No. <laughs> well, that's it. We, no, people don't know us and know our hearts. So you know? true. And, you know, we got about four minutes left to the discussion today. This distance, really, it's in a distance that, that's between God and man. Let's just talk about the uh, the good news now. Um, this this distance is so great that 
it's really hopeless from the human side to jump over the gulf that exists between us and God. Uh, it takes a um, what some commentaries would call a voluntary condescension on God's part. Yeah. And uh, that's where this whole concept of of a relationship and covenant comes in. Can can you guys talk about that a little bit? Well, that's exactly what we need. Anselm talked about it in Curdeus Homo, where he's talking about why did God become man? Mm-hmm. And, and uh, the two basic reasons for it was who should pay for this sin? Yeah. Well, man should pay for it. Well, can man pay for it? Well, because of the original sin, because of... Uh, original and actual sin, there is not a normal man around that can possibly even pay for his own sins, Mm -hmm. much less that of the posterity of Adam. And so God sends what is called in Romans the second Adam in Jesus Christ, who is God. He has that righteousness. And of course, he was born of a virgin, so he did not receive the the taint of that original sin, mm-hmm. and he uh, died on the cross as a sacrifice as it for says, sin. It says in Romans here, but the gift is not like the trespass, for if the many died by the trespass of the one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many? Mm. We are saved by God's gift in Jesus Christ and his uh, death on the cross, and that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. And what a a wonderful contrast, because it does say it's not the same. Why? Because in the first case, people die. It's easy to destroy, isn't it? Mm -hmm. But you can't make alive again. Mm -hmm. Only Jesus Christ could do that. You know, we're at the end of the broadcast today, but I just want to say to our listeners, perhaps God has been calling you. Perhaps he's been uh, pulling on your heartstrings, and uh, you're realizing, you know what? I'm a sinner, and I kind of knew it, but now um, the Lord is convicting me. I I know for sure that I I need relationship with Jesus Christ. I need my sins forgiven. Um, We would urge you to uh, call upon the Lord Jesus Christ, confessing your sins and Believing on him in your heart, receiving his forgiveness in Jesus Christ, uh, thereby becoming a child of God. It's a wonderful thing, isn't it? It's a, it's a relationship that, uh, you know, the human heart is like a, a vacuum of sorts. It's a God-shaped vacuum and can only be filled by the Lord God omnipotent Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Well, with that, gentlemen, I see we're well out of time. I want to thank you for joining us today for this discussion about original sin and urge our listeners, if you have a question for either of these fine pastors, please email us. Our address is ministry at redeemerbroadcasting.org. John Vance, thanks for letting us tie you in by telephone today. Oh, happy to do so. <laughs> and Mark, thanks for coming over to the studio. Good to be here. For Redeemer Broadcasting, I'm Dan Elmendorf. Please join us again next week at the same time for another edition of A Plain Answer. With me can have nothing to do My Savior's obedience and blood Hide all my transgressions From you 
has begun. The arm of your strength will complete. Your promise is yes and amen. And never was forfeited yet. The future are things that are now. No power below or above can make you your purpose forego or sever my soul from your. Debtor to mercy. 